What does it look like to worship God in your everyday life? God always keeps his promises. He does what he says he will do. Fear him in joy. Tremble before him with gratitude in your everyday lives. Welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Today is episode 190. I can't believe we're at 190 already. We need to have a party when we get to 200, I think. This is our second installment of our Everyday Theology episodes. So last month, we heard from Cindy Scaff on what our bucket list should be full of. It was a great episode. Mm-hmm. These episodes, Everyday Theology, drop the first Thursday of each month, and these are actually just everyday average women who are living out God's Word in their everyday, somewhat mundane life. And that is not a negative. That's just how God makes our lives to be, right? So just as a reminder, real quick, um, everyday, um, the definition of that is something that is used or being everyday, common, right? Common. Um, theology, um, the our focus in, for this particular episode, so we're going to focus on that it is the science of God, right? And the duties we are to believe, I said that wrong, the doctrines we are to believe and the duties we are to practice. That's what theology is. It's what we know about God and how we live it in our lives. These monthly episodes called Everyday Theology are to teach women, you and I, and that includes me, um, that knowing God and His Word is vital, applicable, and relevant to our lives every single day. And we're called to obey God's Word daily. These episodes include practical examples of the what, when, how, and why of following, obeying, and living out God's Word, and knowing God more through His Word each of our everydays. Let me introduce you to our guest for today's installment, Martha Twining. I'm super duper happy to have you on with us. Thanks, Julie. Um, Martha, I always ask everybody to tell us a little bit about their life. Um, I think we can always relate when people tell us what they do every day and who they live with, right? So would you tell us who you live with and what you do all day? Okay. Um, I live with my husband, Craig. About 10 years ago, I retired from public school teaching, and now I teach two days of the week at church in a homeschool assist program. I always tell people, best job ever. (laughs) Uh, Tuesdays are spent with my dad visiting, cleaning, and preparing food. Hmm. Um, My other two days are spent with my housework, preparing for small group discussions, uh, ladies' Bible study that I facilitate, and Craig and I are reading through the Bible in a year together. Cool. So my mornings are spent in the Word, and I am grateful to have mornings free to do that every day. I love that. That's awesome. Mm. And I love how God prepared you in your regular public school teaching job. Yes. To be here and serve in this capacity Mm -hmm. at church and use your skills and gifts in that way. Yep. I know you got a lot of skills and gifts with kids, so that's really fun. Okay. I always ask my my guests a few questions to get us started. So I know you enough Mm -hmm. to know that you like games. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to do a little (laughs) game with you. Are you ready for a game? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, When I'm subbing, because I substitute teach, I often do this as like, they're all lined up to leave to go to the bus to get on the bus. And I'm always Mm -hmm. like, okay, let's play this game. And they love it. Um, So here we go. Okay. And I will say, um, you know... I think the interesting part about this particular game, we're going to play Would You Rather, is great. Because as you're listening, you may also agree with Martha, or you may be different. (laughs) And I might have to ask you why your answer is what it is. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Would you rather live in the ocean or on the moon? 
Mm, ocean. I like underwater life. It's just so fascinating and beautiful. Yeah, I agree with you. And there's so many animals that we have not even really discovered mm-hmm. in the ocean. It's amazing. And it's so deep. Okay. Would you rather travel back in time to meet your ancestors or to the future to meet your descendants? That was an interesting question. Okay. So I think ancestors because I'd really love to know where everybody came from. Oh, yeah. You know, your heritage. It's like... Yeah. What countries? Yeah. How did they get across right. to the United States? Right. Or where they, yeah, that's cool. I like history, too. I do. I love history. <laughs> and I'm not sure. I'd, I don't know. It'd be tricky to go to the future to see my descendants. Mm-hmm. Like that. I don't know. Um, this is why God does not allow us to do that right there because it's confusing. Okay. Would you rather lose all your money or all of your pictures? Oh, okay. That's a tough one. I agree. Um, I guess pictures because I still have my memories, at least right, right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, if you lose your pictures, sometimes someone else might have some they that could share. That's true. You know, how often we take pictures of the same events. So, mm-hmm. But what a job it would be to get them. All right. Would you rather have the gift? I don't know if it's a gift. You have a lot of cool teaching gifts, but would you rather have the ability to be invisible or to fly? Mm, I think it'd be cool to fly everywhere <laughs> I wanted to go. <laughs> I could just see you. You'd have no to have traffic. a cape. <laughs> yes. You'd have to have a cape, Martha. I think you'd be good with a cape. Okay. Would you rather live where it only snows? This is so funny that I asked this question today. I got a list. We did these a while, talked about these a while ago, and it is really cold and snowy today when we're recording. So would you rather live where it only snows or the temperature never falls below 100 degrees? Okay, you know that answer. It's like yeah. everyone who knows me knows that answer. I like to be warm. Yes. I am yes. miserable right now. Yeah, coming from the woman who wears gloves. Probably seven months out of the year. Yeah, yep, that's me. You can laugh, but I'm warm. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Um, would you rather always be late or super early? Okay, I'm a slightly late kind of person, so mostly right on time. So I think I'd rather be super or slightly late because super early, I don't like waiting. Okay. Okay, I thought you were going to throw a new, new one in there. I'd rather be right on time. I thought that was going <laughs> to no. be your I'm like, that's not a would you rather question. Slightly late. I'm yeah. taking that one. Okay. Would you rather give up your smartphone or your computer? Okay, so that's easy. I use my iPad more than my phone, and sometimes I even forget where my phone is. Okay. So, computer. So your, your iPhone, you can access messages and all that sort of thing on there, like if somebody's texting you. My iPad, yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yep. I said iPhone. I meant yep. iPad, yeah. So that doesn't really count, Martha. I, <laughs> the only okay. time I use my computer is when I'm that's making right. lesson plans. So. It's, it's just a game, right? It's just a game, Julie. Don't be too particular. Would you rather live without heat and air conditioning, or live without social media? Okay, that's too easy for me because I already avoid social media. (laughs) I knew the answer to that one. (laughs) Um, And I would definitely get rid of social media over heat and AC. Oh, oh, yeah. Who would not? That's not a very good question. No, it's not. (laughs) Would you rather be the funniest or the smartest person in the room? Okay, um, I do like to laugh. Can I be be both? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know what? Sure, you can be both because I would too. That's a hard question. These questions are always so very, um, you know, very either or. Right. There's not a middle ground, which makes it really hard to answer. Would you be, would you rather be able to run 100 miles per hour or fly at 10 miles per hour? Okay. So I hate running. So flying it is. Yeah. (laughs) And earlier we asked you, so you'd have your cape on. Yeah. That one would fit. And I'd look cool. And then here we go again. Would you rather be a superhero 
Or the world's best chef. Okay, chef, because I love good food. Yeah. So fine, what? fine to get my food and then cooking. <laughs> That's right. This is all good in, in a warm place. Yes, in a warm place. Yeah. That's me. And would you rather be an Olympic gold medalist or an astronaut? And I think this question's hard because I think a lot of people when they're little want to be one of these two mm-hmm. things. But I've always loved watching the figure skaters in the Olympics, mm-hmm. and I wish I was that gifted and that toned. <laughs> right, right. So I think I'll take that. Yeah, I love what I remember watching the figure skaters and thinking, and then putting on my skates or my boots and going outside on this little itty bitty pond in our mm-hmm. front yard. It wasn't even a pond; it was just a puddle that had frozen. Right, right. And I thought I had—I mean, I was like my arms were out, and I was flying around that thing like I was an Olympic skater. So I'm with you. Yep. Although I do think being an astronaut would be really cool. I don't know. Space scares me. It does it well. <laughs> I don't know. I, I if I I like watching movies about space. Yes. You know. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I do think we learned a lot about you, Martha, and I think that helps us today because we are just that's really what we're doing is talking about learning about things and mm-hmm. and we're learning about more about you as you walk through today's segment of Everyday Theology and how we can live God's Word in our everyday. And I I really love these particular episodes because this is actually what God calls us to do Mm -hmm. every day, is to read His Word. I love that you and your husband are reading together, Mm -hmm. and that's great. I I make a habit of reading the Bible every year. Sometimes I've gone, you know, 14 months because it's hard always. Mm -hmm. But I work hard, and I think it's really good. So, Martha, walk us through today how you live Everyday Theology. Okay. So, uh, have you ever had times in your life where your personal Bible reading was just another check off the to-do list? Well, me too. Uh, Praying for the Lord to open my eyes before studying His Word is a habit I'm cultivating to combat lazy reading. And I've just recently had a big eye-opening moment about a phrase I've seen often in the Scriptures. Uh, The phrase is, the fear of the Lord. You've probably heard that this means a healthy respect for God, maybe a reverence for God, of God, and conversely, it's a fear of the Lord, which can mean a dread coming upon men, like racing pulse, trying to hide from God when we sin, like Adam and Eve after eating the fruit. Mm, right. But do all those definitions fit every situation in which the phrase is used in the Bible? Well, I found one more. So here's how my everyday theology eye-opening moment began. I was preparing notes to lead some ladies in a Bible study. We were studying selected psalms with the eyes of finding attributes of God in them. And the study method, which we all use, has us simply looking for repeating words, observations, noting the main idea and defining words on the first day that we read the passage. It's very teacherish. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't mine, but I like it. Yep. The psalm I was reading contained the word fear and I chose to dive deeper into its biblical meaning. I checked out several commentaries so I could get a discussion going with my group when we met, and, well, during dinner with my husband that night, I shared what I was planning to do, and he nodded his agreement that fear was a good word to study and told me about a podcast he had just listened to that morning. He encouraged me to check it out. It was from Renewing Your Mind, and Michael Reeves explored this topic with several talks. I highly encourage everyone listening to go and find those installments because they really open my eyes. Mm. It always amazes me how perfectly God works all things together for my good. Mm. So let's dive into what I learned about the fear of the Lord. The Old Testament book of Jeremiah is where I found another meaning besides awe, respect, reverence, or terror of God. 
So Jeremiah was a prophet sent by God during the reign of King Josiah around 600 years before the birth of Christ. He foretold that the Babylonians were going to conquer many nations, including Judah. Being sent into exile would be judgment upon the Israelites for following after the gods of other nations instead of obeying Yahweh, the true God, who chose them to be a people set apart from all the ungodly nations around them. But along with the foretelling of judgment, God also gave words of comfort to Jeremiah to speak to the people, those who trusted God during this tumultuous time. We know that God always preserves a remnant of faithful people. Hmm. So let's look at chapter 33 of the book, Jeremiah, verses 8 and 9. The prophet Jeremiah is now shut up in King Zedekiah's court. Jerusalem is about to fall, and Jeremiah is having a heart-to-heart conversation with God. Hmm. Verses 8 and 9 are part of God's response to Jeremiah's questions and are given to comfort him about what will happen to those who repent and trust that God will bring them safely through this judgment. So listen carefully to what God says. I will cleanse them from all the guilt of their sin against me. I will forgive all the guilt of their sin and rebellion against me. And this city shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and a glory before all the nations of the earth who shall hear of all the good that I do for them. They shall fear and tremble because of all the good and all the prosperity I provide for it. Hmm. Listen again to that last sentence and think about the word fear. They shall fear and tremble because of all the good and all the prosperity I will provide for it. So is this fear just respect or a reverence? That sounds like a stoic response to being provided with such goodness and prosperity, and it can't be terror. Allow me to read verses 8 and 9 one more time. I will cleanse them from all the guilt of their sin against me, and I will forgive all the guilt of their sin and rebellion against me. And this city shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and a glory before all the nations of the earth who shall hear of all the good that I do for them. They shall fear and tremble because of all the good and all the prosperity I provide for it. So, besides fearing, the people will also tremble. So, our human minds think of fear and trembling as a bad thing. Should the remnant of believers God is telling Jeremiah about want to run away and hide? Wouldn't they want to cling to the God who is promising his goodness? Absolutely. Well, okay, so what definition can we put to this kind of fear? For the believer, fear of the Lord is not being afraid of him Hmm. or even just being in awe of him or having a high respect for him. Scripture tells us even demons shudder. Right. But demons don't have a joyful trembling at God's wonderful goodness or a happy thrill or an exquisite delight. Believers have true joy in their Savior, immense gratitude. Mm. Can you see the difference? Yeah. So now, I know we've all experienced a happy thrill. Let me share a simple example from my life. One day I was working on a sewing project and I paused to find my scissors. Um, I'm sorry, when I paused to find my scissors, the needle I had just put down disappeared. I sat still in my chair and gently felt around everywhere. Where had it gone? Did I mention I was barefooted? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I even carefully rose and got down on hands and knees to look under and around my chair. Nothing. And then I stopped and prayed. Yes, I should have done that first. 
And you guessed it, as soon as I had finished praying, I mean, as soon as I finished, I looked down and there was the needle, clear as day, on the floor between my bare feet. Uh Wow. That was good. (laughs) I'm glad you found it. Yeah. The sight of that needle made me smile, and then I felt a tingle of gratitude. I didn't end up in the ER with a darning needle stuck in my foot. Can I call that reaction the fear of the Lord? Yes. I had a physical reaction of gratitude. I Mm. smiled. I felt a little tingly. I happily finished my project knowing that God blesses me every day in big and small ways. I praise him that day for his loving kindness to me. Hmm. And it was a physical reaction. Hmm. So how about you? Have you ever cried and trembled because you were just so unbelievably happy? Are you a student who got chosen for the lead in the school play or made the cut of your favorite sport? Or a college student who just graduated and got the job offer you had been praying for? What about the excitement felt when your husband proposed? I remember I actually felt weak in the knees. (laughs) How about holding your first baby in your arms? Mm -hmm. Do you remember your sense of awe and gratitude? Or maybe you have witnessed a person you loved and prayed for finally uh, give their life to Christ. Mm. Did you tear up? I bet you did. These are all wonderful reasons to display the fear of the Lord, to actually show your exquisite delight in God, who is your Lord and Savior. Mm. Now, let's explore a few other scripture verses and apply this new definition, an exquisite delight and display of gratitude. So Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. With our new insight, doesn't this verse just make you sigh with contentment? We need to rest satisfied because the Lord is in control, even though the world around us seems out of control. Mm -hmm. When I hear bad news, I pray and remember scriptures that prove that God takes evil situations and uses them for his people's good. Mm. Go read Joseph's story. (laughs) Yes. The harm his brothers meant for him was used for great good. God saved many people through Joseph. Who knows how many lives God might change through you displaying your fear of the Lord. We never know who is paying attention to our words and actions. Rest satisfied and your light will shine for all to see. Uh, Next, Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Ladies, do we tremble at the power and graciousness of our Lord by displaying joy with our actions and words? Do our neighbors even know we are Christians? Do we have kind words, helpful words to share in the face of tragedy? What are we doing to show others we have the right fear of the Lord? Mm. Do you teach your children and grandchildren to sing songs of praise? Mm. Do you teach them how to pray for the bullies in their lives? Do you pray for the bullies in your life? As a teacher, I've had the joy of hearing students use scripture verses we've memorized in class to gently rebuke or encourage their peers. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. So Isaiah 11, 1 through 2 says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And his delight 
shall be in the fear of the Lord. Wow. This messianic verse says the Son of Man will have delight in the fear of the Lord. Think about that for a moment. Jesus' earthly ministry showed us how to live a godly life. We are told to walk as Jesus walked. Read through the Mm -hmm. Gospels with new eyes at his physical reactions, and I guarantee you will find something revealing about what you need to change to be more like him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next is Luke. Chapter 1, verses uh, 46 through 50, and it says, uh, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Mm. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So, Mary has just learned that she's been chosen to birth the long-awaited Messiah and is singing to future generation of believers Mm. who will also tremble with joy over his mercy. Right. So when we sing songs of praise and thanksgiving, we're fearing the Lord. So do you stand stoically still or do you let your body display your delight while singing? Do you sing softly or belt it out? God doesn't care if you're tone deaf. (laughs) Fear the Lord, ladies. (laughs) Right. That's right. Uh, So that next is Proverbs, um, chapter 2, 1 through 5, says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So, the fear of the Lord is like a great treasure. Seek it, cultivate it. That will require a physical response. Do something. Hmm. Are you reading your Bible daily? Are you in a Bible study group? If not, why not? Hmm. I've always been more of an observer, an, uh, sorry, an observer <laughs> in group settings. Being with caring, godly women during Bible studies has opened doors for me to step out of my comfort zone. I never thought I'd be leading. That was just a scary thought. (laughs) But God promises to give words to speak. uh, And my first reaction is usually, no, I can't. But I can, and I have, with his help. And I'm always blessed after doing the thing I don't want to do. Hmm. Then the fear of the Lord hits me, and I smile, and I thank him for being so patient with me. Because God is good. Mm, Amen. All right, next is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 5 and 6, and 8 through 11. It says, He who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we're, we are always of good courage. We mm. know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. Mm. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. Wow. So the fear of the Lord for believers gives confidence in the day of judgment. We live with joy in all circumstances. Are you showing that joy to the people around you? In the slow checkout line, 
Is your face showing your grumbling heart? Well, I'm guilty. Pray for joy Mm. in that circumstance. Make it a habit of responding with words of thankfulness and a smile that you have a moment to talk with the shoppers around you. Say something encouraging. Let's persuade the world with our everyday action that God is good all the time. Mm. Amen. Uh, The last one is Malachi uh, 3, 16 through 18. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. And I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve God. Okay, just wow. (laughs) Have you ever kept a prayer journal and recorded the answers? Yes. (laughs) And maybe kept a Thanksgiving journal and written down the way God has blessed you that day? What a great way to share uh, with your grandchildren or your children or your friends your love of God. Record their thoughts too. Mm. Then when life gets tough, open the book and remember. Yeah. Okay, Elida, I have more. Okay, okay. (laughs) Acts 9.31 says... So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Whoa. Walking in the fear of the Lord. That's a physical response. It requires us to do something. What would our churches look like if we we all had the right fear of the Lord? Think how that would impact the town we live in. Imagine how brightly our lights would shine if we praise God all the time in all circumstances. Yes. Yeah. So think about your everyday life and insert some everyday theology into it. We all have seasons where we don't feel close to our Heavenly Father. Thinking on the fear of the Lord can guide us to see with Jesus' eyes, seeing all the way that God cares for us each day. Mm. How about your washer and dryer work? You got Mm. a good night's sleep. The car starts. That expensive grocery item you need is on sale. Say out loud, thank you, Lord, with a smile on your face. All the traffic lights are green and you're not late, which happened to me today. Okay, good. (laughs) Raise a hallelujah right there in the car. Your day didn't go as planned. Dinner's going to be who knows what. And then your husband calls and says he'll bring dinner home. Tell him he has a blessing from God and smother him with kisses when he gets home. (laughs) Let's say you're uh, walking through your neighborhood and you smile and call out to someone you see, what, a, what beautiful weather God has given us today. Or maybe your children play quietly while you get something important done. Hug and thank them profusely for being such a big help and then take time to do something they love. Mm. So now that we know that exquisite joy is another aspect of the fear of the Lord, think on it as you read scripture. Tremble with gratitude for the pain Jesus endured for us. Hmm. Thank him that he promises he won't lose anyone the Father has given him. Tremble with ecstatic joy at his tremendous kindness and answer to prayers. Let your heart race with pleasure over the earthly gifts he has given. Smile. Give thanks when God shows you something new in a familiar passage of Scripture. Embrace this new understanding of the fear of the Lord. Let family, friends, enemies, and neighbors see your physical response for the joy you have. 
tremble with joy and thanksgiving because the Lord of the universe chose you. Mm. He saved you. Mm -hmm. All your sins are remembered no more. Is that not the best reason to share your fear of the Lord? Mm. So let me leave you with one last word picture. I enjoy the song by the group Mercy Me called I Can Only Imagine. Mm, I love that. If you haven't heard it, take a listen. The chorus asks what we will experience when we finally meet Jesus face to face. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? Oh, gives me shivers. Mm. Don't stifle that kind of fear of the Lord in your everyday lives. You can have those physical reactions to being in the presence of the Almighty God as you read His Word. The believer's fear of the Lord brings us closer to our Lord and Savior. I challenge you to read Scripture with the prayer that your response to God's love and mercies will leave you physically moved. Cultivate your reactions to the ups and downs of life by clinging to God's promises. Remember Jeremiah. He was beaten and despised for bringing God's word of judgment. The people wanted to hear peace and prosperity and refused to listen or repent. Jeremiah wept for the unrepentant and still clung to God's promises. God always keeps his promises. He does what he says he will do. Fear him in joy. Tremble before him with gratitude in your everyday lives. Hmm. Wow, that is very helpful, instructive, and honestly, I just have to say convicting and challenging. Mm. It is so, so easy in our lives to complain Mm -hmm. and lack thankfulness, Mm -hmm. and that was something that flowed through much of what you said. It's easy to think that it's, oh, it's a coincidence, or it's just happening you know, when you find the needle between your feet or mm-hmm. whatever. And, and it, instead, we should be attributing it to God. Yes. And I love your example of being thankful and joyful when you found that needle or, you know, whatever, something simple in our lives. Mm-hmm. And the and the addition that you were thankful, like you took it a step further and said, I didn't end up in the ER. That would have been bad. <laughs> I mean, because those things can happen. Yes. I think right now, so as this recording is releasing, it's February, mm-hmm. the first Thursday in February. And... I, I just have to say, sickness has run all over, all over everywhere that I'm at. It's yep. all over every place. Mm-hmm. And I um, I was just talking to someone recently, and we were talking about how when you're sick, it's very easy to be thankful to God for your health mm-hmm. the rest of the time. But when you're healthy, you're not thinking about that. You forget. But it's something we also can say, thank you, Lord, that I'm actually healthy or that I came through this sickness, right? Mm-hmm. My or for mom, medicine. <laughs> yes, and for medicine or for doctors or, mm-hmm. you know, an antibiotic or whatever it is that God God gives us or your vitamin D3. Yes, take those. Yes. My mom often prayed for the simple things like this, and it was a great example to me. Um, I, I can remember my mom praying as we were heading into the parking lot because we had to get into the store, and she'd pray that God would give us a parking spot close. Mm-hmm. And although that may sound like, does God even care? Well, I think that what it is, is God did care because he saw my mom's reliance upon him. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying every single time we got like the closest spot, but I do think that often we would get one, a closer spot. And it was a great example to me Mm -hmm. that God cares about those little details in our life. So that's really, really good. 
I also, as you talked, remembered about a time when we received some good news about a medical issue with my son when he was just an infant. Mm. Um, you probably know the story, Martha. I remember this, yes. So my son, um, when he was probably six weeks old, was not tracking across the midline of his body. And after seeing our regular pediatrician, we had to head to a specialty doctor, a pediatric ophthalmologist, for an evaluation. Uh, this doctor noticed, and first I should say, a little detail is that God allowed us to get in right away because this pediatric ophthalmologist usually was six to eight weeks out. Oh, wow. He had three cancellations the next day. Oh, praise God. Yes. <laughs> the doctor noticed some major issues in his eyesight. He said, my son, and this has been a long time, but I'm pretty sure I've got this right. I will never forget this. Mm. Had a mottled optic nerve and his retina was dying. And this was really a serious issue, and it actually could have been related to a neurological disorder. He didn't really know. He said mm -hmm. we needed to go to a, a university that's local, that's top-notch, which was University of Michigan, mm -hmm. for an appointment. So we called. He called ahead and said she needs to get in right now, you know, she and her, her, and her son. Um, but we still had to wait six weeks because that's just how big hospitals work, mm -hmm. right? So we waited, and we prayed. And actually, at one point, I counted 35 churches across the country with friends. It's going to make me cry. And family were praying for my little mm. six-week-old son. And then the day came three—actually, it was three months later, because um, it was in September. And we headed to our appointment at Kellogg Eye Center at U University of Michigan. Now, I have to say it is a top-of-the-line care at a renowned university hospital— and after seeing three separate doctors, you know, they have like teaching, it's a teaching hospital. So mm -hmm. they have, I am so not medical, but Me they either. have different, <laughs> they have different, I don't know if they're residents or what people who are medical listening are like, oh, Julie, let me help you with this. Sorry. <laughs> but they had three separate doctors. They were all in different stages. I'm assuming the final doctor was already there. He the was a good, dude. right. The head yeah. dude. That's right. I'm sure he wants to be called the head dude. <laughs> That's um, my medical expertise. Right. And and after seeing all these three separate doctors, the last doctor repeated what the other doctors had seen every day. Mm. They kept saying everything looked okay. Like the last doctor actually had a little um, a little um, recording because he must have been doing that for his own notes. And um, then he spoke to it because he recorded and he said, I have no idea what's going on here. The pediatric ophthalmologist that we had seen here in our in our city was actually a student at his clinic. Mm -hmm. And he was actually trained there by his staff. And he said, he's an excellent doctor. And this was what got me. He said, if he saw something, then I'm sure it was there. But I don't see it now. That's so cool. Now, here is the physical reaction. I sat there shocked mm -hmm. because I didn't, I was expecting this. I had done some research and had looked up things and thought we were going to have a big, long road ahead of us. Mm -hmm. But my husband just threw his hands up in the air, closed his eyes and announced, praise the Lord. Mm. And um, he, yeah, he, <laughs> we knew that this was from God. And my husband actually physically showed it. Mm -hmm. That doctor that was there was pretty surprised. I'm not sure that he was prepared for that sort of reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I'll never forget that this was a real miracle. Yes. We sing a song at church with a line in it that says, he gives sight to the blind. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you what, every time I sing that, it is a great reminder. It's my everyday theology mm -hmm. that God does those things. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. It could be your needle is found between your bare feet mm -hmm. or eyesight is restored or maybe you found that piece of meat on sale that you wanted to make something. Mm -hmm. Everything in our lives mean we should be giving God praise. Absolutely. Martha, would you pray for us? Yes. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, our God and our King, may we bless your name forever because you are worthy to be praised. 
From generation to generation, we want to declare your mighty acts and your glorious splendor. Help us to shout joyfully, sing loudly, and work heartily for you. Amen. May the world around us know without a doubt that we are yours. May our actions and words speak of your goodness, kindness, and mercies. Your word tells us that you are near to all who call on you, and you fulfill the desires of all who fear you. May our mouths speak the praise of the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And it's time for this episode's Tiny Tidbit. A tiny tidbit is just a small, tiny piece of information that can help you in a really big way. Today, our Tiny Tidbit is brought to you from Aaliyah Bailey. Hey, Aaliyah, Julie. welcome. Yeah. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Okay. What do you got for us today? Okay. So I have quick tips for fitting reading into your life. Okay. All right. I love this. So first, have a book on hand. I always try to have a book that I might be interested in on hand at home so that when I have free time in the Mm -hmm. evenings, it's really easy to grab. It's also handy to bring a book along if I know I'm going to be waiting, like at the doctor's office or in line to pick my kids up from sports. Yeah. Um, If I have it sitting there, I'm more likely to just pick it up. That's a good tip. Yeah. Second, read with a friend. A friend and I will frequently read a book at the same time to help keep each other motivated. It's not super structured or scheduled, so we are rarely at the same spot in the book at the same time, but I've liked doing this with her a lot, and it's kept me reading. Nice. Third, sometimes I've needed to create a little bit of accountability for myself. There are times when I've just kind of lacked the motivation to read. So telling myself that I'm going to read for 10 or 15 minutes in the evening before I do Mm. something else has been super helpful. Just 10 or 15 minutes a day is really enough to get through some really great books. Yeah. And um, that makes me think of like when I thought cleaning my bathroom was overwhelming and then someone suggested I time myself and I was like, oh, it took me 12 minutes. Yeah. You realize it does not take as much time as you think it might. Yeah. So I like that tip because you can be like, okay, I'm going to do 10 minutes and then I'm going to go do the other things I want to do. Exactly. And maybe you'll stay reading. Exactly. (laughs) I think it's helpful for building the habit and getting through some books. And last, look for books that are going to be both beneficial and enjoyable. I love reading nonfiction. I'm sorry fiction with my kids and then I read nonfiction a lot more on my own Mm. both I enjoy both and both can be really beneficial so while I do enjoy reading nonfiction books there are times when I go through periods where I just really lack the mental energy so finding books that I know I will enjoy that might be a little bit lighter have that's been really helpful to me yeah this past year I came up with a list of biographies because I was just lacking the motivation to get through some more dense yes. books but I love the biographies I've gained so much from them and um, I've I've really kind of picked the habit back up I love biographies I was going to comment on that because I think that should be something people read too oh incorporate it's so encourage them into your reading for the year absolutely I saw someone recently um, put on 
uh, like an Instagram or Facebook or something, like their their choice of reads for a year. You know, mm-hmm. like you know. And I thought that's a really good idea to have a motivation or their their read they want to focus on for these couple of months. Having some kind of plan, yeah, helps yeah. me get get to it. Yeah, I think that's really really helpful. So that's it. Now I feel like I want to go get a cup of coffee and just sit and read. I love that. I know. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I would just talk to you though. That's what would happen. <laughs> so we have to do it separate. So that's right. All right. Thanks, Aaliyah. Thanks, Julie. listening. Join us next week as we jump into an episode on the topic of marriage called And God Made Them One. It's going to be a great episode. Don't forget to follow or like us on Instagram or Facebook. You can find us at Women of the Word CTW. We have great content there every single week. Also, you can find us on any of your favorite podcast directories, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, CastBox, like anywhere you listen, we're there. So go and um, subscribe to those if you can, and you can find us there. We drop a new episode each and every Thursday. And just a reminder that the first Thursday of each month in the year 2024 is dedicated to this episode that we're doing the series called Everyday Theology. So be sure you tune in for all of those. If you miss them, you can always go back to our archives and, and find them. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God, until next time.